I really want to encourage wholesalers to do disclosures in their contract because if they fail to disclose that they are a wholesaler, the seller can actually cancel the contract or fail to disclose. They also have to disclose that they're going to hold an equitable interest and possibly sell the property, whatever it is they're going to do with the property. There has to be disclosure to the seller or at risk their integrity of their contract. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great state of Arizona and our Azria family and membership. How are you guys doing today? And I can expect that response is going to be great because every day is a great day in Arizona. So today we have Great American Title here with us. But before we get to them, I want to always welcome my great co-host, Mike Del Preet. Hello. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing fabulous. So now I want to ask Mary Sayer and Janet Moe with Great American Title. Mary, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Okay. And Janet? Great. Thank you. All right. I'm not going to go into the inside joke. <laughs> so we have Great American Title here on today. And guys, what we want to do is we want to kind of dig into Great American Title, what kind of services they offer, why you should have a great escrow officer and team on, or member on your team, and what they can provide. And some of the legalities, not not really legal, but just some of the things that we need to be aware of in the market right now as things are shifting. So Mary, kind of explain or tell us, share with us how long you've been an escrow officer and kind of what do you do at Great American Title? I'm in marketing, basically title sales, if you will. And I have been a title rep in the industry with investors since 2002. Okay. That's when Asria started mm -hmm. and we were there at the inception with the business associates. And I'm also an investor. Okay. And I'm also a licensed agent as well. So when I meet with investors, I bring a certain skill level to them. And I look at products. And when I see a product that actually works for the investor, a lender, hard money or regular and an agent, I call it a trifecta. Okay. So I have certain websites that I like to promote. One from our company is REI Source, which is owned by CoreLogic. Mm -hmm. List Source is the lead source generation. Okay. So I sign the clients up on this particular product, and it allows them, it has two functionalities. One is to pull a property with comparables, maps, some transactional history, and the last recorded instrument. So it's wonderful to have all of that in one spot rather than having to go to maricopa.gov and do all of that and waste a lot of time. The other component is the lead generation, which is list source. Okay. So they start with geography. They can take this around the country as well, but they don't want to print it. Otherwise, they'll be charged. Okay. But when I sign them up, they get Great Americans rates, and it's anywhere from $0.05 cents to $0.18, cents, and that's all predicated on they're adding demographic searches, certain lending instrument, also riders, things like that, it'll go up. 
but under us, they'll get 500 leads for free or close to 500, depending on what they put in their lead okay. makeup. But so if they went to REI Source Direct, it would be quite expensive. So with us, it's free. The beauty of having those rates for them, if they do a lot of volume and they want to send out 10,000 postcards or mailings or whatever it is they want to do, we're not going to do that for them. But they have the option to use their credit card and get our pricing. Okay. So they get the in-house, which is exceptional. And they can, they can go in there and there's probably close to 200 different criteria that they can create a list with. So, okay. and it, it covers everything from warehousing to agriculture, industrial, multi, multi-housing, strip centers, you name it. Okay. And of course, single family and all of that. So it's quite, it's quite extensive. Wow. And there's another one that I really love called Property Radar. That has 200 criteria to search with. But what I love about that more than anything is it, it has all the auction information. So you can find out exactly if it's going to auction, if it's been canceled, it gives you everything. Okay. And you can get phone numbers as long as it's not a trust or an LLC. But the transactional information is absolutely phenomenal. You can read into a person's psyche. It'll tell you how many notice of defaults they've had. It'll tell you whether they use the home as an ATM. Mm-hmm. Cash out refi, cash out refi. So it really gets pretty specific. And it's a okay. great, great program as well. Wow. See, that's the great thing about the show. Mary jumps right in and say, these are the benefits here. This is why you guys really need to listen to the show. Thank you so much, Mary. Janet, I see you over here looking at me, Janet. All right. So talk to me. How long you been with Great American Title and what's your role? Well, I am a branch manager escrow officer and I've been with Great American 13, almost 14 years. Is it 13 years this year? I think it's 13 years this year. My background is I'm a daughter of the oldest family owned real estate company in the state of Arizona that my grandpa started in 1920. My parents were brokers. I became a commercial agent in the 80s and 90s. And I've been in escrow for, or the title industry, either real estate or title for 50 years now (laughs) for a very long time. So I've seen every type of purchase contract, every type of transaction, and every type of vehicle to navigate any type of creative financing. So that's what my desk is. It's for the investor. It's for the creative financing. And I also am an inactive real estate agent, and I keep my license. I renew it every two years. And uh, yeah. Love it. Awesome. So we, we definitely have experience. And what, what I mean by that is whatever situation as an investor you are facing, definitely talk to Mary and Janet and they can help you. Mary can help you on finding leads and finding opportunities and Janet can help you with those hard ones. One of the things that I was, I've always learned, especially looking for off-market deals is you always end up finding the, the most problematic properties, mm-hmm. properties that have liens and behind on taxes and everything like that. And one of the people that I work with, they always say, well, Marcus, if they were easy, someone would have closed these transactions already. So that's good to keep in mind. So, so ladies, great American title. Tell us about kind of what are some of the changes in the dynamics that you guys are seeing right now in the market that we should be aware of, Janet. Well, I see more and more of the double escrows and the assignment contracts. I see creative financing where they may get a hard money loan, 
and the seller do a second, a, a second right behind the hard money loan to get it closed, I see the A to B, B to C, C to D, like I said, double, triple mm -hmm. transactions. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I'm seeing though is it's not so much hardship, it's there's judgments, there's criminal restitution, there's divorce decrees where people, one of the parties is selling the house and they don't even have title to the house. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of title mm -hmm. curative that's going on right now. So, yeah. yes. We actually dealt with that uh, yes. a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Someone tried to sell us the house and then, yeah, they want the owner, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they think they're the owner and they think they've done something mm -hmm. and they're not. It, I see it a lot between people that are getting divorced or are divorced. Yeah, you mm -hmm. just summed it up. So as investors, we look for problems, not properties, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just went over a bunch of problems. We look for houses that have those types of problems associated with it. That's why you want to work with an investor-friendly title company that understands this. So mm -hmm. Because I'm, I've been through the years taking, sometimes like when you, when you want to buy a property, if there's an agent involved, they want to go to their title company, and it's a retail-based type of title company. So they don't, they say they can do assignments, they say they can do double close, but it's really double close actually you buy it and then sell it. Mm -hmm. If you actually acquire it, then you know what I mean? So yeah, so going into the problems and the fact that you have the experience to navigate through those is very important. That's why you should have investor friendly. So, so Jenny, you were saying A to B, B to C, C to D, E to F kind of transactions. And like Mike was saying, not all title companies can navigate that kind of nor transaction. Do, nor do they have the amendments, nor do they have the, I've, I've actually created amendments for the A to B, B to C. And we can actually use C's money, if it's a hard money lender on the C transaction, to fund the A to B. And I have several mm -hmm. hard money lenders that will sign my form that indicates that they're gonna fund the loan without recording their deed of trust without recording, we're getting an ALTA lender policy. And I funnel it through to where the A file never uses their own money, the A buyer. But you have to have those relationships with the hard money lenders and they have, have, they have to see your documentation for using their funds. And we do them simultaneously. We record those simultaneously. And we've even had the D, C to D's money and transfer through, and we have all of those documents on my desktop. Have you ever done a, a double close with another title company? I have, and the challenge that we have with that is if I have the A to B, I have to send them the recorded deed mm -hmm. because they will not fund their loan. And if they're using a traditional lender on the C transaction, they sometimes need a commitment in the vested seller's name on the B to C, and that can't occur till we record. So, I have, and I've had them send me funds, but it's not very likely. It's more me yeah. with them mm -hmm. because they don't understand it. Right. A lot of title companies do not yeah. understand, and especially assignments, because even with our own company, there's only a select few of us that do wraps because they're going to be coming back now. Okay, so let's, yeah. so let's just hover over a couple things. An assignment. So, what's an assignment? An assignment is when the wholesaler ties up the property with a contract and assigns their contract for a fee. And within the body of the assignment, it has the net consideration, or it says sales price, 
And the assignment fee is the difference between the first sales price on the wholesale mm -hmm. contract and the second sales price in the assignment agreement. Many people think that's the new sales price. It isn't. It's an assignment fee for that net consideration. Got it. And then what's a double close? A double close is when you have an A seller and a B buyer, and you have a separate contract, and then the B buyer sells it to a end user exit person. That, mm -hmm. And <laughs> the, uh, the, the C buyer, and they're two standalone transactions. I actually have done several BC transactions with conventional lending. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. And the AB guy only has to be entitled for one or two days. So he actually has to close on it. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, that contract, C, closes two days later with a new commitment and the new vesting date. Cool. Okay. And then majority of the assignment and double closes are from an investor that actually doesn't buy the property. Correct. So those are cool tools and strategies. You can Correct. Awesome. Wraps. Yeah. Wraps. Yeah, wraps. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So one explain what it is. Okay. And what, why you think you're going to see Okay. Wrap transactions were created in 1978 when the veterans were in war and it was a vehicle for them to close and sell their property with their existing lien on it and wrapped by a higher lien so that they would not lose their house. And wraps were created. And I think they were even before 1978, but when I saw them in 78, they were created so that the veteran would not would be able to sell their house while they're at war and okay. not go into foreclosure and lose their house. Mm. So we can so if there's a house that has a conventional loan on it for four hundred thousand, or a VA loan for that matter for four hundred thousand, the and it's worth six hundred thousand, the investor can come in and say, I will wrap this underlying lien and give you a down payment and take over your payments. Got it. And we have all those documents as well, all the exhibits, the actual all-inclusive agreement for sale. And if they're going to carry back a portion, so you have the wrap, and they don't want to come up with the difference between the balance of the underlying lien, then that difference can also be referred as a carryback portion mm -hmm. in the actual wrap agreement. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be confused with in order to do a carryback, there has to, has to be free and clear. It doesn't. So, it doesn't. So, so let's just hypothetically go through it. So the house is worth, the underlining lien, 400000 yep. at X percent, at 5%, right? And then you're going to go, the next buyer can come in and do purchase it for 500000 Or exact wrap. They or can purchase wrap. it okay. for the exact amount of the underlying loan and put Got nothing it. down. Got it. And then they just cover the payment. Cover the payment. And does title switch? Yes. Title does switch. Well, it switches by a, a equitable situation. There are wraps where you do a deed of trust and the vesting deed is recorded. Mm -hmm. Let's see how do I taste my words here. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that because mm -hmm. that could trigger the due on sale. Yeah. So okay. we use what's called an all-inclusive agreement for sale. Mm -hmm. And then the actual release of the all-inclusive agreement for sale is the payoff deed. It's called the payoff warranty deed. Just like a deed of release and reconveyance releases a deed of trust, the agreement of sale is released by the actual vesting warranty deed, which is called a payoff warranty. 
Wow. Yeah, it took okay. me a while to wrap, wrap that around. Oh my it's, God. it's super hard to pass. Yes. Yeah. But you have full title, but it's equitable title. It's a form. We do. We issue a Vendee's title policy, mm -hmm. so they get title insurance as if. Okay. But yes, yes. Great. So, so why why do you think that those are going to come back? Well, the circumstances of the industry right now is a lot of sellers want to sell. And the investors don't want to pay premium, so what they'll offer to them is a wrap. Mm -hmm. So cool. they'll offer, but they'll, the challenge they'll have is that buyer or that seller will not necessarily be able to buy something else because mm -hmm. the title has not changed and it's still going to show up on their credit report because that that lien yeah. still remains the seller's responsibility. Gotcha. So you have to visit that with the seller ahead of time, but a lot of them just want. To, to leave, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so we have all, we have all these creative scenarios, assignments, double closes, wraps, problems. So before you even touch those, you got to be marketing. Yep. There you go. Right. <laughs> so I know you you very broke down a bunch of resources that a title company provides. So it's my question on that. So why do you guys do that? Well, obviously. Why do you guys offer so much? Well, we are a title company, and. We want the business, and in order mm -hmm. yep. to get the business, we provide an awful lot to a, a prospective client or an existing client. One of the things that I love to do is provide stats to clients as well. And as Janet was just saying, because we're in such an inflationary time right now, the Fed, who really has more power than anybody in mm -hmm. the country, wants to basically bring the housing market down. So that is why the interest rates are increasing right. and they'll probably go up another half percent in June and again in July. Mm -hmm. And of course the stock market is also going right. way down. But Cromford, the Cromford report is an excellent source of statistical information that I subscribe to. You have to be a real estate agent to subscribe to it. Although as Rhea does provide to the investors mm -hmm. quite a bit of, of chart information. But what I'm looking at right now is that there were 7,000 residential properties on the market about 10 days ago. And within the last week, it has climbed another 4,000. Mm -hmm. So we're, today I checked it, and there are 11,500 properties on the market right now. Listings, re rental listings are skyrocketing as well. There were mm -hmm. 2,550 that went up within the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's increasing, um, mostly, and and the prices are kind of wavering in the in the single family homes, but not yet in uh, apartments or condos. And then, of course, when you get into multi-unit, that's going to really kind of be predicated on what the lender wants to do. Right. The longer they've owned something, you'll be in a position to easily lower pricing. But for those investors that might have purchased. Recently, they might mm -hmm. have a little bit more of a challenge. Because I know just last month, two months ago, it was only 4,000 active listings on the market. So, And that really lasted for about a year and a half. Yeah. But now, and I provide the Cromford Market Index, which is what the Cromford Report indicates, 100. The number 100 is a balanced market. Anything under 100 is a buyer's market. Anything mm -hmm. over 100 is a seller's market. Prior to the last several months, let's say 2022, let's go back to the end of the year, 
the Crawford market index was insanely high. If 100 mm -hmm. is balanced, it was up over 1,000 yeah. in several cities, and they, they followed 17 cities. So now I think Fountain Hills has the highest, and that's already down to five. And Buckeye is hovering close to a balanced market. And wow. on the last report, he puts them out every couple of weeks, the percentages of a decline are double digit in almost every one of those 17 cities. So it's quickly, it's like a missile coming mm -hmm. in. I wonder why the rentals are going up though. Any thoughts on it? Because if people are not, there are more houses coming on the market, maybe less buying houses, and there's still people in population growth, do you think that we still would be demand on the rentals? Well, the rentals will go quickly. Yeah. I mean, they will go quickly. This is mm -hmm. the opportunity for a seller to actually now have a place to go to. Before, now there's a surplus. We're getting a surplus of supply. Yeah. But before they started coming up, we always follow. The residential sector always follows whatever the rental sector Sister is doing. Does. We're usually a few months behind whatever the rental market is doing. And that goes back decades. So the fact that there are more coming up, then the sellers will be more inclined to try to still get a really good price as the interest rates are going up, and then they can find something to move into for a year or what have okay. you. And, wow. and, and I, I learned from experience. We just recently sold our home last month. And when we were looking before, it was like we could never find a rental. We couldn't, couldn't find a rental. So we kept pushing back our closing. And then it's like, all of a sudden we were looking and it was like, oh, wow, it's 12 new houses on the market. It's 20 new houses on the market. So mm -hmm. things change, like you said, drastically overnight. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, so if you're, you're listening, I mean, it's like investors dream, right? So you get, you got to have leads coming into your business. So you guys help out with the leads and the marketing. Yep. And in addition to the marketing, which I know other title companies have marketing departments, but you have that the statistic knowledge and the insight or agents and give that extra help to the real estate investor. And then when you do get that, you can take it to Janet and you understand how to creatively close it. So that's, that's very impressive. What else do you want to talk about, Marcus? Well, what, what I want to do right now real quick is let's just take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come right back and we'll talk more about Great American Title. We'll talk about marketing. We'll talk about some of the creative strategies that we're seeing here in the Arizona market. So we will be right back with Mary Sear and Janet Mo. Are your real estate dreams on hold? With work, kids, everything else going on, time is limited. Most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders. You might even say to yourself, if I just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction, I know things would happen quicker. Well, then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, and all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. All right, and we are back. And coming back from break, we actually want to talk about some of the new things that are coming down the pike and actually it's here and it's House Bill 2747, which there is some changes for doing transactions as a wholesaler. And we really want to get Janet's input on that. So Janet, kind of kind of tell us about this bill and what for wholesalers, what they need to be aware of. 
Well, I don't want to interpret the bill. Let me mm -hmm. just do my little disclaimer with that. Okay. But I really want to encourage wholesalers to do disclosures in their contract. Because if they fail to disclose that they are a wholesaler, the seller can actually cancel the contract or fail to disclose. They also have to disclose that they're going to hold equitable interest and possibly sell the property, whatever it is they're going to do with the property. There has to be disclosure to the seller or at risk their integrity of their contract and the original seller can cancel. If the BC contract, hopefully in the listing, it reflects that they're an equitable fee title holder versus mm -hmm. a fee title holder, it says that, again, it can be canceled. So it's all in favor on the AB of the seller to protect the seller if there's not disclosure. And then on the BC side, the buyer, the seller has to disclose to the buyer that he has okay. an equitable title. So it, it seems like this is a prelude to what other states are doing as far as making wholesalers become licensed. Is that something that that it's safe to say? I, I can't really comment on that because I think what they're trying to do is tie up the loose ends so that a seller will really know that this buyer is on sale. Gotcha. Because okay. on many investor contracts, there's really no disclosure and they think they're the seller just thinks it's the original buyer. Mm -hmm. They don't know it's going to be a sign. They don't know he's going to flip it. They don't know anything of that nature. So I think if they just disclose, they'll mm -hmm. be in great shape. Which you should be disclosing anyways. anyway. Anyway. Right. right. So, or in regards to the real estate, like I was saying earlier, I think it's, it opens the door for that discussion of going to open up, mm -hmm. making it illegal. But but it's not. So what about when you the wholesaler assigns it to the cash buyer, right? And is there any protection for the cash buyer to get their non-refundable deposit back with this? Because I think it, I don't have it in front of me, I think it, it, there is a part where the wholesaler has to tell the cash buyer that they, they have, they may not be able to give free and clear title. Right. There is that statement that says the wholesale seller of a residential resale property before entering into that provided disclosure to the buyer in writing that he's the, he only holds equitable title. So can, like, you know how we are when we wholesale. And may not be able to convey. So in other words, the AB transaction, all the title curators has to occur in that transaction before the BC can close. However, when we do title reports on AB and BC transaction, we reflect the requirements in the AB that need to be cured. In the BC transaction, we put a note under those requirements that are going to be cured in the AB transaction must be satisfied in escrow number whatever so that when the buyer and the lender and whomever gets a title commitment, for the C transaction, the end user buyer, they know that there are title curatives that have to be handled in a prior transaction. We disclose that as title insurers. However, this is asking that in the contract of the BC that there's a disclosure that they may not, that all they hold is equitable title and may not be able to convey title. If you're dealing with a conventional lender, I don't know that that would be wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
because they're going to get the commitment for title insurance right. anyway, reflecting what title curatives need to occur in the AB. And when I send out that commitment, I say, please read the commitment carefully. And I point out that these requirements, when I send out that commitment, are being met through a different escrow. Full disclosure on my end on that part. Now they want it in writing from the wholesale seller. So if you are the wholesale seller, you'll have to put something in your contract to your BC yeah. transaction that says you hold equitable title, which is in fact true. You hold yeah. equitable title. And that all title requirements will be cured prior to closing. So end of the day, get with your attorney and just put this these, <laughs> these disclosures in your contract. You need the to redrew all the all the wholesale contracts need to be updated. You just from every investor. And keep them moving. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. So talking about that, I mean still getting to this point, we have to market. So going back to you, Mary, because I, I enjoy marketing, what list right now would be a good list that you would steer people towards? Well, um, every investor is looking for something different. Right now, land is huge. Okay. And they're flipping land. So all over the state, I can provide, I can provide leads, vacant land leads, the client just needs to tell me whether or not they, they need it. They, they're going to be looking to build multi-family or if they're flipping it or if they're building, if they're accumulating lots, whatever kind of land they're looking for, we can provide that. So you can provide like infill lots here in the city plus 50 acres out in Coolidge somewhere. Santa Cruz is the only county that I can't call. Every other county I can call. So land is really big. I asked quite a bit lately for us. They want they want to know who's who's purchased something in the last six months with cash. So that's become quite big. The 30, 60, 90 day lakes are always big. But as I tell the investor, if you're going to do this and you want to do a card, and we will provide the card with up to five hundred leads. Mm -hmm. So I can help them with the layout and the printing. But it's just not a one time shop. It's so imperative that they continue mm -hmm. to send out their mailings because the average person, and this is a stat that's been around for a long time, it usually takes eight deals for a seller to remember them right. and then to call them. And so that's pretty important. Okay. I would never made that up. You do? I hope I'm right. I'm pretty sure. Carnum Bailey. Really? Mm -hmm. We have the seven touch carnivals and stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Well, that's outside a cool fact. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone always talks about it, but no one ever says it gives them the credit. See, yeah. Mike always brings something different to the podcast. <laughs> 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 in, in all this help that you're providing investors, please bring the deal back right. to Great American Title or whatever title company you're providing these services. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know the reason, can oh, you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I have seen challenged by is that there may be other title. I, I, I always ask my investor, who's your title company of choice? Mm -hmm. And I always recommend an investor have two to three yeah. really good escrow officers or managers that really understand Serena. Many do not. Mm -hmm. 
I've had other title companies call me when they don't even have an inkling how to prepare a settlement statement with assignment fees. Mm. If you have multiple assignment fees, your sales price, your escrow fee, and your owner's title insurance is based on the original sales price of that contract. And then you add the assignment fees. So they they were raising the sales price and it was never working out for them. So you really mm. have to have seasoned people that yeah that of course handled your transactions what, what do you think about what the the blind hood is what, what is a blind hood when i know some title companies so you have the, the seller and buyer on settlement statement and they only show the seller the seller's fees and the oh. buyer fees so okay they don't actually see the assignment so they don't have to double close right all right i will address that <laughs> i have never done that yeah, I, not everybody does it. Never. I've always done settlement statement with buyer and sellers. Of course. And even my hard money lenders, who there's several lenders that will fund based on the net consideration, which is after assignment fee, assignment fee, assignment fee. Mm -hmm. So they will give that buyer a higher LTV financing. They will look at the original contract, but they will not, they will go on the net consideration. So they need to see the assignment fees on the settlement statement, mm. the hard money lenders that I've worked with. So I know that there are some that do seller settlement statement, buyer settlement statement, but I always have done them combined and I've had no resistance because the buyers paying the fees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've really had no resistance whatsoever from the seller. And if the seller asks me what it is, I tell them what it is. They assign the contract for a fee and these buyers were willing to pay a fee for that contract. That goes to your point of having multiple experienced title companies because, yeah, what if I didn't know that about the the hard money lenders? Yeah. Would you would your blind hood place or they just don't show something? You got you're, you're dealing with people with problems. You, you want to do everything you can to make sure that the closing is as smooth as possible for not moving around the last minute. So, cool. But I, I also have an amendment that says on the AB that the seller understands that the buyer's closing with funds that are not the buyer's personal funds. Yeah, so many ways. Because there is, the money's coming from a different transaction, so you need to do a disclosure. So I have several amendments that I've created, mm -hmm. and I don't meet with resistance, even okay. if it has, and I had a hard money lender with three assignments, and I said, are you okay with this? There's, if they needed all the assignment agreements and the original contract, and they lent on the larger amount. Wow. I thought that was awesome for the buyer, for the end user, investor buyer. Because nowadays there's some title companies, not title companies, but hard money lenders that will not, because I ran into this, they will not lend up to a certain percentage of that assignment fee. So if that assignment fee is $50,000, they're like, nope, we're not gonna fund on this. We're not gonna pay a $50,000 assignment fee out of our out of our out of their loan, yeah. or they'll just, loan based on the original purchase number. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, I think title companies are important. You guys, you're the nucleus of our world, right? So it's like if you're new and you're trying to figure out how to meet people or get resources outside of marketing and investor friendly, you guys know the best real estate agents, mm -hmm. the biggest wholesalers, the biggest cash buyers, right? Like you guys share and refer are you able to do that and lead people in different directions if they need help? Cool, we can do that. One of the other things too that I do do and have been doing since 2008 actually at Ezria is a monthly mastermind meeting. 
And so it's all about education, whether it's a social media consultant that I'm bringing in or an attorney, a probate attorney that we just did this Mm -hmm. week, 1031 exchanges, you name it. I'm always looking for a speaker that is going to educate the investor community. So we've been doing that for years. No other questions on my end. I think the ladies tied it all up together in a nice big bow. So how can we find you guys? Where, where can we reach out to you? Well, mm-hmm. I'm I'm all over Maricopa County. So by mobile. Okay. Just throw up the, the bat signal. Mary say <laughs> Or email or text. Okay. Whatever's convenient for that. And I also send out to the database frequently, whether it's stats or something else. And I'm always looking for articles that are coming over from whether it's Market Watch or some other okay. entity, Bloomberg Radio I listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, all day when I'm on the road. <laughs> awesome. So, where's your location? Where's your branch office? Well, my branch is at 16th Street, just up the road. Okay. 16th yeah. Street and in in Northern Georgia. area mm-hmm. is the cross streets. But I do want to do a disclaimer. We're, me as an escrow officer, as a mutual third party, so I can't really advise mm-hmm. what anybody should do. However, I want to encourage the investors to modify the contract according to HB 2747. Mm-hmm. I do have investors call me and ask me questions, and I'll do the best to answer them, okay. whatever they need. But I can't. I've also had investors want me to write their contract. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. They will ask me for verbiage. I said, "Why don't you draft it, run it by me, and then I'll I'll respond." But mm-hmm. I can't. We, I right. cannot ever give legal advice. I cannot advise an investor if it looks good or doesn't look good. But I, if a disclosure is missing, like what's necessary now, I can say, oh, we can't, we can't police, we, something's missing, but we certainly can't police that. It's yeah. up to the investor to be educated. And that's what I think Ria is marvelous at. Mm-hmm. Educate mm-hmm. the investor. And I sure. have escrow will travel, even though I'm located on 60th Street, I can do every transaction anywhere in the state there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we will definitely make sure we put your your contact information in the show notes that way people can reach out to you. So if you need an escrow agent, title company, market marketer from a title company, you have Mary Sayer here and we have Janet Moe with Great American Title. And in closing with the least resistance. Least resistance. I I always find a way. Very important. There is always a way to clear title. Always. Yes. I like that. You want that Always. Because yeah. you have the, the escrow agents that are just like you. And that's important because as investors, we're always taught to look for the problems and how do oh, you solve the problem. Solve and you got to have people on your team, like you said, Janet, that, that has that same identity. What's the problem? We can fix it. So thank you, ladies, so much for yes, being here you. on the As, As Real Show. And we will make sure thank everything you. is in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And everybody, Azria members and Azria as a whole and the great state of Arizona. You all have a wonderful day and we will see you on the next episode of the Azria Show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreen. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.